Hello and welcome to episode three of the North Terminal. I uh, hope you're all well listening to this. Um, slowly but surely, the pandemic is slowing down for now. Um, obviously, we don't know what the future holds, but we are getting ever so closer to travelling once more. Um, I've just booked a couple of flights to Italy um, in four weeks, so I'm back out travelling again, which I cannot wait for. It'll be great to get back on a plane It'll be an interesting experience, I think, because planes are enclosed spaces where the virus can obviously spread quite easily. So I'll be going in there very covered up, not quite in a hazmat suit, but in something quite similar with a coat. And then once I arrive in Italy, warm, beautiful, sunny Italy, I shall take it off once more. Today, we've got a right treat for you guys. We will be talking um, to our first guest. We've got Travelling Sam on the podcast today, a good friend of Jacob and I. Um, and he recently visited the stunning country of Montenegro. Montenegro is a very small country, very unknown. doesn't get many tourists compared to your um, Western European countries, your Frances, your Portugals, your Spains, your Italys. Um, but this is what we're trying to do on this podcast. We are trying to show you maybe a part of the world which you aren't too familiar with. Um, this is the second episode in a double header on Eastern Europe. Last week, if you haven't checked it out, check it out now. Um, link will be underneath this podcast, probably, depending on what um, website you're using to stream it, whether it's Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever your fancy is. Um, last week, we spoke about Krakow. Um, we spoke about Slovenia and we also touched a bit on Croatia and how Eastern Europe is a magnificent, magnificent place to go travelling. And it's actually much safer than expected as well. So without further ado, let's get into this podcast on Montenegro with Travelling Sam. Stay safe, everybody. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. We are here with Travelling Sam today. How are you doing, Sam? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm, good. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So good today, to uh, you're here to talk to us about Montenegro for about yes, an hour. Yes, I am. Um, mm-hmm. So when did you go there, first of all? I went there late October in 2019. So back before this coronavirus stuff. <laughs> Um, and was it, did you go by plane or car or? I was, I was actually on a cruise. So it was quite nice because we got to come in through the fjord on our boat. It's very nice. Yeah, very nice. So with the cruise, was it just through the Adriatic then? Cause yeah, I, I, it was from you got Venice a... down to Greece. Okay, okay. cool. Um, I've always looked at KOTOR as a city where the cliffs are massive as you come in to enter. And I always wonder, how do you get a cruise ship through there? You see the cliffs on an image, um, and you know it must be really tight. Is it as big as one would expect? It's very tight, I'll tell you that. Like, yeah. So it's, it's a fjord, so it's, the water is very deep, but not overly wide. There can only be one ship going in and out at a time. But the actual port of Kotor is large enough to have two ships. So one ship can come in, lost one's already there, and then they can pass and go out. 
but yeah it's quite it's quite scary when you see big rocks right next to the ship and like oh yeah i imagine a bit of a titanic moment <laughs> hopefully without the sinking yeah. sort of side of things i've always <laughs> looked at montenegro as a country which is upcoming um it's a bit like last week where we were talking me and jacob about croatia and poland and slovenia there are these upcoming eastern european countries which lots of tourists are now discovering for the first time how would you describe montenegro to someone who has never even heard of it let alone been well i was actually surprised when we actually got and how close to russia it actually feels like so really if, mm-hmm. yeah it, okay. it does almost feel like russia so yeah i would say it's an upcoming place because of the the scenery is amazing and the atmosphere there is very like cultural and touristic in and, a what, way. and what was it which felt like russia to you which, which part of it felt like russia kind they had they all had kind of russian accents when talking english okay. actually that was probably the main aspect yeah. but they were all very friendly mm-hmm. very welcoming there's lots of little stalls all around where they're saying, oh, come here, look at what I'm selling, kind of thing. Yeah, it's well, a I very guess nice place. As an ex-Yugoslavian state, really, because I think it's 2006 when it became independent from Yugoslavia, I guess that's where the Russian yeah. influence comes in. Mm. Was there yeah, any Greek influence in there as well? Um... Like maybe the architecture, but apart from that, not really. No. And so when you when you arrived there, um, obviously there was the port where the ship landed. And how was was that bustling, a busy port, or was it quite quiet? Well, it's actually only one pier. So oh, right, when okay. I was there, because there was already a cruise ship in, yeah, my ship had to park out in the the fjord almost, and we got mm-hmm. the. Uh, the little boats to and from yeah, okay. but it wasn't big one building one pier but the moment you stepped through like the security and out into the city it was queues everywhere taxis yeah, yeah. i imagine it's, it's real... a bit of a culture shock coming into a place like that yeah it is like, and was I, it... it's not what i was expecting at all was it touristy or was it quite did you feel as if you were in another country or did you feel like you were at a theme park or something? Cause a lot of cities sometimes can feel that way. Like you arrive and yeah. it's not as you expected and it's just full of tourists, people catering for tourists. Yeah. Or is it, well, I, think the locals there? I think it's because it's not a hugely visited place. It was not like that at all. It did feel a brand new country, something I'd never experienced before. Okay. Um, so when? So obviously you were there for how many days? Was it? I was there for one day. Okay. Okay. Um, so when you it. when you first arrived, what was the first thing you did once you got off the boat? First, well, the first thing we did was try and get through people trying to get in their taxi. Okay. That that took about half an hour in itself. <laughs> but uh, then we hid on into the old town, like the walled city of Kotor had it around the market and all the old buildings and that was really really fascinating nice. they have a leaning clock tower in the central square of Kotor which I didn't 
even know existed. Is it is it is it leaning? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I like. I imagine it's a very historical place from what I've seen as well. Do you is is it all old buildings or are there is there modern architecture there too? Well, the actual old city of Kotor is like the main bulk of it that is completely like old buildings. There's nothing there's no new developments or except for the port. But it's all the old city, but as we climbed the mountain and we could see more of the surrounding area, you do tend to get the more modern like office blocks and apartments. But the actual city itself is very historic. Yeah, and I guess like my next question leads me on to it is like, uh, what, what, what was the geography like there when you first got there? How did you find the, the geography? Well, it was, I didn't expect it to be as mountainous as yeah, it was. Okay. Because it it was very there was huge mountains either side. That's mm-hmm. it kind of took me off guard completely as we were coming on in. Yeah, because you wouldn't think of it as being mountainous, would you? But when you get there, it it no. is. And and um, yeah. So was it was it a very steep climb up into the the summit, or not the summit, but into the peaks? Was it steep it was, or was it quite? It was very steep. It took okay. us a good hour or so just to climb a few hundred feet. Okay. Wow. Right. Okay. Oh. With the mountains surrounding the city, one thing which does always interest me when looking at a map or an Instagram post of it is you've got the rest of Montenegro. How accessible is that? Do you have main roads leading from Couture into the rest of Montenegro or is it just a case of you're sort of stranded in this city? I think it's fairly accessible, especially to the capital. I did see a few like coaches that said the capital... But apart from that, it's kind of, it's, there's one kind of main road through it, which is just like a normal road. It's not a dual carriageway. It's not a motorway or anything. So I think that's how they mainly connect to the surrounding regions. Because when you were in Kotor, did it feel as if you were in like a country of a small population? Because I believe Montenegro only has a population of about 600,000 people. Um, yeah, which is tiny feel. compared to, and it's a relatively big country. It's about the same size as Scotland. Yeah. And it's really small, but I guess with all the mountains and stuff, it, you must have felt a little bit, not intimidated by it, but just a bit astounded. A bit isolated as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it did feel very isolated. Because you've got these massive, almost like a bowl around you of mountains. So yeah. did it? Did it feel like it was... Um, it was really going to be a hard to get anywhere else apart from there. I feel like it would probably, it felt like hard to get to like maybe towns or even villages, yeah, yeah, okay. maybe further away. But for the, like I said, for the capital city, I think there would be no problem getting there. Yeah. So and there's an airport sorry, as well. Is there an airport as well? Because this is, Interesting, because for someone who's not travelling as a cruise, I've looked at going for a long, long time now. And it seems like the best way to get there from the UK is to fly into Dubrovnik in Croatia and then get the coach down. Yeah, they are very nearby. Yeah. Very, very close. It's only about an hour on the coach, I believe. Yeah. Do you get a... Go on, Jacob. Sorry. Did you see the, uh, the St. John Fortress when you were in Montenegro? I believe I did. 
and was that was that in the mountains high up or was it nearer to the to the port it was up in the mountains so you have to it's not like at the peak but it's on the way up yeah okay cool um so i've got another question for you and this time it's about the the wildlife there did did it strike you the amount of wildlife or was there not as much as you as you expected or was there you know little wildlife or how was it well fun fact i only actually saw one animal whilst in kotor that was a cat there were there were as far as i could see there were only cats and birds obviously but there was no like lizards or anything else i could only find cats is it a hot country they were were everywhere because with lizards often it comes out when it's boiling hot i remember being in como last year and there were lizards every five meters because it is so hot in that sort of time of year what were the temperatures like well we arrived in Kotor around 9 10 a.m and by the time we were off it was about midday and it was it was fairly hot but it wasn't i don't know if it was hot enough for lizards or anything but if it was, if it was october it would have been mo- yeah. mildish not not boiling i don't think yeah would you say when but you when went the... was the best time for someone to go yeah definitely because they seem to have the same kind of take on the day as like the spanish so they'll have like a siesta in the afternoon okay, and everything yeah. close up for a little bit so you think so I'd say, you you would not enjoy it as much in the summer than you would in early autumn i feel like i think in the summer because when i was there mo- majority of were tourists there were very few actual local residents so i feel like in the summer when it's even more touristy then i don't know if it'd be as enjoyable Mm -hmm. because it only has a population of about thirteen thousand people i believe which is for a city that's That's nothing nothing. and could you could you see that in the streets could you could you like see a lack of local people yes okay when there weren't tourists around, the streets were just empty. Okay, wow. all the well, little that, alleyways and that, that must be really cool for you to go to a city and see no one there. To have it to yourself almost must, yeah. must be quite nice. You get you get the old person standing outside their house smoking. But yeah, yeah. Apart from that, there were no real locals around. It's really cool. Um, so I I love my food, and so I'm going to ask about the food there. So, well, what was the what was the sort of food that you you tried? I didn't actually try any food there, but I saw lots of different food stands selling kebabs and stuff like that. So it had quite yeah, okay. like a so almost like feel, a, um, almost. a Turkish market kind of feel with all the stands. Up. Yeah, very street foody. They also had a lot of like sweets. Say that again, sorry. So they also had a lot of sweets uh, in okay. the shops yeah yeah they love their sweets yeah well I'm, I'm sure a lot of the business there is uh definitely tourist orientated and, and could Very you much. feel that but could you feel the reliance on the local people there on tourists yes could you see that that was very clear yeah. pretty much every shop you went in they had some kind of souvenir section okay. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very touristy. Regarding the cuisine, quickly, um, Italy is only pretty much a stone's throw across the Adriatic. Yep. Do you see a lot of Italian influence in the food? I didn't, actually. Because I was, I... That's very interesting, because when I went to Croatia, like a lot of the Croatian food is highly influenced by Italian, Italy. Yeah. And so was it more Greek? I know you mentioned Turkish. Yeah, I would say it's more Greek than Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Definitely more South um, Mediterranean. That's funny, actually, because you would, you would think that, because it does look very Mediterranean to me, you would, yeah. you would be surprised to see that Russian influence, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, me and Jack were saying with Poland as well, that we, we could see that clash of influence of culture, didn't we, Jack? We, we, we could see yeah. the Asian and the Turkish and the, and the Russian and the, and the Germanic influences. And I think that's, that's what makes these cities that people don't know much about, but are popular, it makes them really interesting to visit because it's like a, a shock to the senses of cultures. And that's really nice. Yeah, to see. I'm really glad I got the chance to go. Yes. Would you classify Couture as a hidden gem? Or would you say, yes. yeah, a hidden gem of Europe? Because that's pretty much especially what we the old city. Yeah. Yeah, so, especially the old city. How big is the old city? Sorry. Huge. Like we walked across it in about. 10 15 minutes okay so okay. it's not very big but it's quite dense there's lots of compact buildings right next to each other small little alleyways and, and would you say and do you think you think you'd like living there or not yeah it'd be i'm not sure whether i'd live there but it'd definitely be a nice place to like stay for a while yeah yeah okay, okay. would you say it has wealth to it it's like you have your Monte Carlos, you have your Saint Tropez, which are on no, that was... azure water. Were there super yachts, rich, flamboyant millionaires, there, or was it just a quaint scene by the waterside? There weren't. I didn't see a single expensive car, a single expensive boat. Wow. It was very. It's quite deprived as well. The area. Okay. There's not a whole lot of money in it. So you, you would say it's an area of hidden deprivation then, because yes. it, it doesn't look very poor <laughs> at all. It looks, it looks absolutely yeah, gorgeous. It... Um, but yeah. I, think, I think if you delve in deeper, you can probably see the, the, the lack of money that people yeah. have there, which is a shame. From, from photos, it's kind of hard to tell, but when you're walking around, you'll see like people living on the streets, lots of piles of rubbish everywhere. It's quite... It's not an overly nice place to like explore, like away from mm. the tourist parts. And if you had known but, about that a lack of wealth, would it have affected your willingness to go there, perhaps or not? I don't. I don't think so. I'm quite like a person that wants to experience both sides of the very yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. rich, de- not deprived areas and the poorer okay. areas. But you know that that is prominent in most cities nowadays. So, and I think yeah. it's, it's important to witness that divide of wealth in, in cities that are beautiful, like, like Couture. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like traveling to Venice, 
last year. I was there for about four and a half hours and immediately I wanted to go. I've just written an article on it about how I hated it, but I loved it so much. Did you feel after spending a day in KOTOR that you were like, okay, enough is enough? Or did you want to stay there for longer? Well, as as I said, it's not a huge city. So it is, you can do most things there in a day. Like, So the main attraction in the city is obviously the monastery up on the mountain. That's a good few hours walk up and down. But I'd say one thing I definitely wanted to do when I was there is there are lots of caves in the surrounding fjord and you can get boat rides. That's one thing I would definitely want to go back to. So you so, think maybe a, a few more days would be, would be necessary then in Couture? I'd say three days probably yeah. you could cover most of the city. Because that's, well, that's the same in like Rome and that as well. I think absolutely, I had four absolutely, days in yeah. Rome and if you, if you pack everything in and you aren't lazy and you, you just you go to there to see everything you will see it in four days. And I think, yeah, I think it's important to see everything or try and see everything. So, so what do you recommend yeah. for tourists to go outside of the city to maybe leave the tourist centre and go and see a bit of rural Montenegro? Well, as we were coming in and you have like all the farms up on the sides of the, the less steep mountains and all the little country roads, it, I really wanted to just go and explore. So I would definitely want to go back and do that as well. So I would, would recommend that. Coming into the Bay of Kotor from the Adriatic, the vast expanse yeah. of the Adriatic, how long does it take as you go inland? How long is it before you actually reach the city? So the actual route it takes isn't, overly long okay but because it's quite narrow and they have to maneuver the ship quite a lot it took us a good hour or so to get from okay. the adriatic into the port because if i'm right in saying you go into the bay of Couture, um yeah and then you go through another fjord and then you're in the fjord where Couture is yeah so you were was... on this um this cruise for how many days was this a week and was was um was Couture your last stop on this cruise or as you know Couture was one of the first as you know i think it was the first stop actually first. okay um and did it yeah. did, did it set a good tone for the rest of the uh rest of the cruise yeah it did it was like a it, it was a hidden gem and mm. I think that kind of excited people. We'd never heard of Couture in their life. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're in this beautiful little city with a lot to explore. So I think that set a, like a really good tone to the, to the cruise. But did you Google what it would look like beforehand? Because a lot of the times I go away, I don't like to look at where I'm going because I want that, yeah. Or at the start, how did you feel that you were completely surprised, even if you had looked up Couture and seen all the cliffs? Did it? Did you arrive there and go, "Wow, this is bigger yeah. than I expected"? Yeah, I did. I didn't. I didn't Google it beforehand. I was completely 
just wanting to experience it f- like for the first time see that with my own that's eyes the, that's the opposite of what i do when i go traveling i i uh always look it up online first because i'm always so excited i find yeah. that seeing uh, like photos of it makes me more excited and that makes me that makes me cherish it more when i'm there if i because i've been waiting for it for so long i know what i'm going into it for and i know what i have to do and i i'm really yeah, it's just amazing yeah i guess so I, I guess yeah, that's yeah. another way to look at it really um yeah. just one point from me you've just started your instagram account traveling sam so go check that out. This is your chance to plug we it. Will, uh, <laughs> we will link it in the description of whatever whatever we do with the Spotify. So Yes. Um, uh, you said coming in to the Bay of Couture, you wanted to go out into the countryside and experience the rurality of Montenegro. Do you see yourself going back yeah. in the future to go and explore more 100. and delve into more stories? Yeah, one hundred percent. I'll okay, definitely cool. be going back there and hiring a car and just driving. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, I think that's very liberating just doing that because it. I, yeah. I imagine you felt quite free in the mountains. I it, it sounds yeah. very very cringe, but uh, <laughs> you, you do that, get that feeling of when you're somewhere that is so geographically isolated, and all that feels yeah. isolated, you feel you feel a sense of freedom that is yeah, new to you, I guess. For someone yeah, who's I definitely. never visited a city, how would you describe it, comparing it to somewhere else where people might be more familiar with? What place in Europe, potentially? I would say Dubrovnik, actually. It's quite... Like, I've never been to Dubrovnik, but from pictures I've seen, the Couture and Dubrovnik look very similar. Very similar. Like, yeah. Because that's one of the most popular routes, really, for Eastern European tourists. People who want yeah. to go to this sort of undiscovered part of the world and delve into the troubled history of that region, what with the conflict back in the 90s and early 2000s. And Dubrovnik to Kator is one of the most popular, famous routes for any tourists. Yeah. Do you think it's overrated or underrated? I think it's underrated. I think people don't experience it enough as it's not like the most well-known area. I think if people knew what it looked like and how it felt there, I think it would be a lot more people going. Yeah. Did you spend a lot of time with the Montenegrin locals, the Montenegrin people? Uh, Not really. Not really, but with the people who you did meet, the shopkeepers, the waiters, were they a friendly group of people or were they a bit cold? Yeah. How welcome did you feel in this I I felt very welcome. Like obviously you get the people you give get a bit of a funny look from, but the actual shopkeepers they were very very friendly and very welcoming. That's nice because there's there's certainly a few negative perceptions of people from that 
that area of Europe, I guess. Um, yeah. And it's it's nice that when you go there, those stereotypes are just are instantly broken because you can see that people are just trying to jump to conclusions and and be quite yeah. harsh. And that's nice to that's nice to hear. Yeah. One thing I found quite funny is when they're speaking like their own language they sound quite harsh and quite cold. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. the moment they start talking English, it instantly changes. Okay. Well, we touched a lot upon how welcome you felt. Jacob asked you a good question earlier about would you go back and live there? Would you see in Couture and that small slice of Montenegro, would you feel inclined to maybe go towards the Serbian border, back into where it's a bit more flat, um, maybe the architecture is a bit more grey and a bit more Yugoslavian would you feel inclined to go there or would you be worried that may ruin your perception of Montenegro I feel like I would like to experience it but yeah. I'm not sure how much I would enjoy doing that but it's definitely something I experience yeah um also from me, we've touched upon Italy as well. And yeah. last week we were discussing how many families choose their Western Europe's. Like the big four, it's France, Italy, Spain and the UK as their holiday destinations. One, because it, mainly because it's safe. How safe yeah. did you feel in that city? I felt, I felt quite safe. Like the taxis, obviously you feel a bit, a bit nervous because they're like, oh yeah, I'll take you here, take you there, and you're like, of course, mm. of course. But once you're actually like through all like the taxis and actually into the city, you feel very safe. Were there many? Few... Were there many policemen there? I was just about to say that there were. Oh, right, I okay. saw a few just walking around. Yeah, not loads. But I think but. that even even that safety thing is different in countries because when I've been in Spain a few times, I haven't felt safe because, yeah. you know, of uh, pickpockets and that in the big cities like Barcelona and Madrid. And I, I think that, again, that is just a, a stereotype of Eastern Europe not being safe when it actually really quite is safe. And Jack was saying last week about yeah. Slovenia, how he felt really quite secure there. And it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to hear that people actually are enjoying their time there. It's like one yeah, of the I big issues very... in all of Europe's most popular tourist cities are scammers and pickpockets, as you say. Italy, they have millions of them. You have yeah. to always watch your back when you're in any Italian train station. And that's the worst I've ever experienced, pickpockets. Luckily, mm. fortunately, and I hope it never happens, I've never been pickpocketed. No, neither. Were they prominent in Couture or because of its small size were they just not really visible I didn't I didn't see anyone that looked like they might be pickpocketed or about to or I didn't even see anyone who was like looking confused like patting their bodies like they've lost something I feel like that's mainly because there aren't a huge influx of tourists that I feel like if it got a bit more busy and a bit larger crowds then it might start to happen as there is yeah. deprivation and people would be coming desperate yeah but yeah 
I felt very safe. I didn't feel like I was going to be pickpocketed. I didn't feel like something bad was going to happen to me. Good, good. Um, what's the one thing, what's the one tip you'd give to a first-time visitor to Couture on how to stay safe, how to get the best experiences, how to like come home with as many memories as possible? I would say do a bit of research on the place because yeah. you can yeah. like especially with like maps because it is quite easy to get lost in the old city and there are really like nice things there so we found a church with a huge painted ceiling but if you didn't have a map and you didn't know where you're going you'd never find it yeah so, so I it's feel got like... lots of little hidden like yeah. little hidden gems inside one yeah. big hidden gem yeah. i felt if you're coming on a cruise which is the main way tourists get there find out as much as you can from the people running the excursions yeah. once you get onto the land walk through the taxis get into the city and then head to a tourist information booth because there were loads around and then just plan your day from there were there um, many sorry jacob. Go on, jacob no go on um what what was the best thing you think that you did best thing has got to be climbing up to the monastery and standing okay. on top of it and just being able to see the entire fjord the surrounding yeah. areas well wow, must must have been amazing so were there many yeah. day trips on off because in many cities it's like we were discussing last week with poland you can go south into the mountains do you have many day trips which tourists booths offer I believe there are a few, because the whole fjord is quite touristy. And I think there are a few like day trips to different towns along the fjord. But the main thing that was there was the boat trips. Yeah. Taking you up and down the fjord and waterfalls, caves, everything. That was the main day trip. Is it an expensive place? Because a lot of the times with these day trips you go there and you're like oh i'd love to go on this boat tour and then venice is the worst for this where you go i want to go on a gondola it's so expensive i want to go on a gondola oh that'll be 80 euros please yeah so you want to do this experience but it means that you'll be bankrupted in the process with montenegro yeah how expensive were these trips how expensive was the food the accommodation it was actually surprisingly cheap so the food was cheap everything in the shops was cheap but some of the boat trips they were fairly expensive yeah i imagine real tourist pullers are the ones which draw the most money probably it is it it is euros is it am i am i right in saying it's euros i believe it is euros yeah okay um because i think one reason why it's cheap is because of that deprivation that you don't see uh and and possibly the lack of tourists means that businesses haven't got to you know bump up prices so much uh mm-hmm. yeah but i think those boat rides i think they're justifiably expensive because of how yeah they are how wonderful they are um yeah because it's, it would definitely be worth the money yeah yeah and you you don't feel like you're, you're getting scammed on the boats at all and no. uh whereas in some places you're you're spending 25 euros for a you know 
a telescope to look out over the city. That's quite a lot, but I don't think that that's the same in Montenegro yeah. from what I've heard. No, it's not. It is. The boat trips would definitely be worth it. And yeah. as far as I could tell, nothing in the city was too expensive. So it's not like you'll need to save up for ages to go there for a couple of days. And I guess this links back to our episode last week, which is why I was hmm. so happy to get you on this week to talk about yeah, another yeah. place in Eastern Europe. <laughs> it links so beautifully into what we were talking about last week because it's just another example of why should you go to Western Europe? Why should you follow the traditional tourist routes where it's going to cost you more money? It's going to possibly give you less memories about the yeah. place. And part of going to somewhere like Montenegro is you go home and go, I've been to Montenegro and people's eyebrows are immediately raised. They're mm, interested. Yeah. Whereas if you go, I went to the South of France, South of France is beautiful, but it's very, very classic basic. holiday destination yeah, yeah. and basic. Generic. I, this, yeah. this leads so beautifully into what we were discussing last week, which is why should people go to Western Europe? Why can't people see what Eastern Europe has to offer as one of the most culturally rich places on earth? Mm. And they mm -hmm. should bite the bullet and go, you know what? It's not your traditional place, but as long as it's safe, let's go on our family holiday to Montenegro, let's say. Mm. Yeah. I think I think it's because like people they all their friends will go to like Western Europe and say, oh, I had a lovely time here. And then go, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll go there as well. Yeah. And then it just, I think some people just need to like not do the normal and just find something. And that is one of our aims in, in, in this podcast to promote Eastern Europe, I guess. Not, yeah. not obviously like force you to go there because we aren't doing that at all. We're just saying, <laughs> we're just, you know, you must go there now. We're just going to, we're just saying that, um, yeah. It's it is the whole of it is a hidden gem, I think. Not enough people know about it, it. and and that's why we were so happy to get you on because you've you've been to somewhere where no one knows yet it is absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to start opening our eyes more because especially after this whole coronavirus thing, pe people want to travel more. I think, and yeah. people want to go to Eastern Europe because it's it's lovely. The thing I love about traveling to Eastern Europe is the way you spend your money makes you feel like you're helping the local area more than, let's say, yeah, in Paris, definitely. where mm. it goes back to the main city council and goes yeah. to the rich man at the top. It feels like you're investing in a local community if you're in Eastern Europe, because yeah. you have many places in Eastern Europe which have been rising upwards on the tourist scene. Slovenia is one of them. Greece is a classic example. Turkey, mm -hmm, Bulgaria. Yeah. I could go on. But with countries like Montenegro or Poland, for example, it feels like what you're investing in, what you're putting your money in. It's the people. It's the people. It's not necessarily yeah. the tax which you have to pay to go there. One thing I... I definitely agree with that. But one thing that, like kind of backs that up is the fact that I didn't see a single supermarket in Kotor. Oh, that's really? Nice. All, that's so nice. It was, all, it was all markets. So the people are putting, instead of sending money off to the big corporations, 
to ship food down from like other countries down into Kotor. It was all local food, so the money was staying in the local economy. Yeah. It's really nice. And it's spending money in the restaurants, tipping mm-hmm. the waiter. Do you know anything about the customs about tipping? Yes. That's often no. a big talking point in a country. I never, one thing I wish I did whilst I was there was I go to like a restaurant or a cafe because I didn't actually get the chance to. Okay. okay. But I could see, like, it, it almost looked like every other cafe in a way. So yeah. I, I'd assume it's probably the same as Dubrovnik or Serbia when it comes to did, tipping. Did prices in restaurants exceed your expectations when you got down to the waterfront? Or could you find some good bargains and some cheap deals down by the water's edge? I feel like closer to the port, they were more expensive because obviously that's where tourists yeah. first come in. Yeah. But mm-hmm. once you actually walk into the city, everything, all the food and everything gets a lot cheaper. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's like being in a city, I relate it back to Salzburg because Salzburg is sort of on the edge. It's, bit of west bit of east it's sort of that's where i put the border mm. yeah salzburg is one of my favorite cities because it has the winding streets we touched upon the narrow streets how vast are the winding streets of couture how many are there there are there's got to be hundreds hundreds so it's, it's like, not just it's like one enclosed area no it, it's there's the main square and then they all just go off in every direction from there and you would be like, very content with just sort of following your nose, just sort of having just to wander around because yeah. I think that feeling of exploration adds to the experience of a place because you, you don't want to have to follow a minute by minute itinerary. You just want to have a little explorer. I think it's, yeah. it's those aspects of a city like Couture which make it very special. The perfect explorer's city. Yeah. Yeah, it is. and the thing is, you don't even have to be worried about getting lost in Couture because it's a yeah, walled city. Yeah, it's so small, I guess, and it's walled. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> so you can literally just go off, choose a direction, go off, explore yeah. a bit, and turn around and go back. You won't and get lost. And you don't, you don't have that in you know Paris or well, not. It's not as bad in Paris, but like bigger cities where it's just it's just miles after miles of. Uh, skyscrapers you can get lost very easily yeah. but i i think i wouldn't mind getting lost in Couture. no i'd love to get lost in Couture. yeah it's a bit it's a bit like venice because if you get lost in venice you truly appreciate how yeah, incredible that city is when you're within millions of tourists in st mark's square you go oh it's hot it's smelly and i don't like it very much but as soon as you find your way into those yeah. winding little streets you will fall in love with it and I guess that's the thing about Couture, because I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, there's not actually many bus services which take you from like one end of the city to the other. You just walk no. it. Mm. It is it's very walkable, the entire city. And I love that because you see so much more. You experience yeah. so much more. You smell so much more. Mm. There aren't even that many roads around. So I think like the, I feel like the main way of transportation around Couture is walking, which yeah, I nice. really like. It's nice. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a break from the, you know, rustle and bustle. Because in New York, there was so many, so many cars. And all yeah. you heard all day was cars. And you never, saw pe- you never saw people just sort of walking around the streets, just 
relaxing almost. Everyone was going somewhere and there, and there was a sense of urgency. Whereas I think I'm getting the vibe from Couture that it was just very chilled out, relaxed. Uh, very a, a very, a very med- Mediterranean style of life, I think, for the people who yeah. there and for tourists who go there. There was no one running, <laughs> no one that looked like they were in a hurry. Yeah, that's, that's really Just lovely. chilled. Just chilled. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask a little bit, not obviously too much, about the rest of your cruise. Um, okay. Because it does sound very nice. Um, did you go anywhere else in Eastern Europe on your travels or was... So the cruise went from Venice to Couture to a few Greek islands mm-hmm. and then back up to Venice. We were supposed to stop at Dubrovnik on the way home, but we had a problem with our boat. Oh, but maybe we, couldn't, we couldn't stop, so that's we had to carry on. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, they wouldn't even tell us what the problem was, but we figured it oh, out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> the engine caught fire. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's not great, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. We're woken up at 3am with an alarm going off. But yeah, the cruise was amazing. It was honestly breathtaking. Some of the places we got to see, places I never thought I would get to see, yeah. such as Kotor. Mm. And I don't know about you, but the Adriatic is my favourite part of Europe. There's so it many different cultures nice. around it. The sea yeah. is beautiful. The weather's beautiful. The people are beautiful. And yeah, it's one of, if you're listening to this in the States, which I doubt you are, it's only our third episode. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, to the Adriatic. If you're going to Europe, it should be the first place you fly into and it should be the the place you spend the most time. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Regarding Montenegro, we do something at the end of every episode. Yeah. Which is, can you describe Couture or you, you can describe Montenegro, either one, it's up to you, bud, in three words? I can. Go on, then. A hidden gem. A hidden gem. That's I lovely. I really like that. Really I nice. really like that. So, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. Um, so Instagram, at Travelling Sam, he puts loads of cool stuff out. Uh, he's yeah. been everywhere. He knows everything about where he's been. Uh, yeah. So go and go and check his Instagram out. The um, upcoming so travel star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there's one message for our listeners, go to Montenegro. Yeah, Just you go. won't. Yep. you won't regret it. You won't regret it. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Um, Thank you. Stay safe, everybody, and we'll be able to travel soon. Just hold and on be- in there. And before we leave, I have to plug our, our new Twitter. Yes. Yes, we are on Ooh. social media now. Um, we are hey. on social media. So uh, our Twitter handle is at TTWIAB podcast. Um, and so we'll be putting up there, you know, our upload times and we'll be, I'm sure, debating with people on Twitter about it and, we want to try and get a following on social media to try and promote this podcast because we think it could be very special. Uh, and if we have more guests on every week, uh, and I'm sure Sam, you'll, you'll be on it again at some point because you've been. Definitely. I hope I am. Um, <laughs> Definitely. And yeah, it's, it's 
growing thing and we're very excited about the future of it so thanks for listening and we'll yeah thanks for listening and next week we are talking about espania espanio we are moving away from eastern europe because i'm sure you're fed up with me yes lusting over death. it going i want to live there i just want to live there <laughs> but uh, we will be moving west pretty much as far west as we can go in europe mm-hmm. and we will be talking about spain talking about the Balearics, different cities, and just how beautiful that country is, as well as why you maybe shouldn't visit it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I have really today. Jacob, anything more to add? Uh, no, just just keep, keep staying safe, guys. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Thank you very much to our guest, Travelling Sam, also known as Thank Sam Alford. And have hey. a good day, my friend. Thank you. Enjoy. Cool, guys. We'll see you later. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye.